When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle, and I am One Organized Mama. My husband is from San Diego, and he's always wanted to take his children to the San Diego Zoo. So it's a wonderful zoo. It's a wonderful place. Um, so when our son was three years old, he, we felt like he was finally at the age where he would really get an appreciation out of the zoo. So on one of our trips down to San Diego, we decided today's the day we're going to take him to the San Diego Zoo. And so we had a stroller. Again, he was three years old. And we paid, we got in the zoo, we were walking around, we were super excited. But then I started to notice. I noticed that our three-year-old was way more interested in collecting little things as we walked along. And he would find a little leaf or a little rock, and he would put it at the bottom of the stroller. And we just kind of chuckled and we're like, hey, look at, look at this and look at that. And he was really more interested on in what was on the ground. And then we went over to the gorilla exhibit and we were standing there and I happened to notice a family next to us. And at the bottom of their stroller, they had a collection of leaves and rocks and all kinds of little treasures. And so my son zoned in on that stroller and he noticed that that kid had a bigger leaf than any of the leaves he had collected. So he rushed over there to try to grab the leaf. So we were like, no, 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 no. And the dad, the other kid's dad thanked us and said, thank you so much because apparently we've come to this famous San Diego Zoo only to have our three-year-old pick up and collect stuff along the way. So the reason I'm telling you this story is because I've noticed organizing with kids from my own childhood, working with clients, and as a mom myself, I've noticed that childhood kind of shapes us. I feel like most people fall in one of two different types of people when it comes to stuff. You're either a collector slash keeper or you're a giveawayer. Giveawayer, right? I know for those of you out there um, that are into grammar, not a real word, but it's a word I'm using for this episode. So I have three kids, two boys and a daughter. My boys are definitely keepers. They like to keep everything. When I go through their stuff, they have a story attached to every item. My daughter, on the other hand, is a giveawayer. That kid does not attach sentimental anything to any item. I mean, even if it's like a trophy she won in the third grade for playing a sport, now that she's a senior, she'll say, mom, why do I need to keep it? I don't play that sport anymore. So it's definitely something that I um, bounce between in my own life. And I've also noticed from my own childhood, 
Um, I didn't grow up with a lot. I actually grew up pretty poor and I had a brother that was two years younger than me. And so we grew up with his toys were my toys, my toys were his toys. So we kind of shared toys because we didn't have a lot growing up. But it's really interesting, again, because I've noticed sort of this trend through the years and in the hundreds of homes and the hundreds of clients I've worked with, I do feel like people fall into one or two categories. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about this, decluttering with kids. I'm going to go over about parents dealing with your kids' stuff, teaching kids how to declutter and the importance of decluttering. And also, I'm going to talk a little bit about stuff versus experience. And again, just some of my observations over the year in my own life and in my own experience as a professional organizer. Okay, so we're going to start with parents dealing with kids stuff. I get this question a lot. In fact, um, this is probably the number one question I get from people who are friends um, or family. Just, hey, how do you how do you deal with kids stuff? Um, again, my philosophy with getting organized is all about saving time. So I do get a lot of people or clients before I go to an organizing session, they'll send me stuff, usually from Pinterest, that'll say, this is what I was thinking with organizing my kids space. Um, So a few things I want to talk about when it comes to containers and labeling your kids space. I believe kids spaces should be purely zoned. And what do I mean by zoning? Listen back to a few different episodes. I talk about it a little bit more in detail. But basically, every item in your home belongs in a specific place in your home. So every item in your home should should have a place in your home. For instance, for kids' spaces, books. You should have a place where all of the books go. And in that place where the books are should be a place where they can sit down and enjoy the books. So that zone would be like a reading zone or a quiet zone. There should definitely be some zones for active play. So when you're organizing for kids, just simply think about zoning. Another popular zone that I like to encourage parents to do is a homework zone. And this is simply where you store all of their supplies. So when my kids have homework, They know where the crayons are, the pencils, the extra graph paper, notebook paper, whatever it is. We keep it in one spot in our home. And that way, when it comes time for homework, I'm not having to run to CVS to buy some glue or um, we're not rummaging through junk drawers trying to find stuff or they're not using like my scissors, which are a better set of scissors that I don't like them to use all the time. So again, think of zoning when it comes to organizing with your kids. A great way to distinguish distinguish zones with kids is with color coding, especially with bins. You can do it with labels or bins. Um, generally speaking, for the rest of your home, I encourage you to only purchase clear black or white bins. But if you have kids, um, Color coding is actually where I do encourage you to go out and buy like the red bins or the pink or the blue, purple, whatever it is that will help you keep your kids organized. I'm not like a big fan of toy boxes either. I do um, 
find with all three of my kids throughout the years that the smaller bins actually work quite well. And that way they can kind of distinguish different, the toys. They can put the, you know, the trucks in in one, the airplanes in the other or whatever, whatever your kids' toys are. So a set of um, different small bins actually works really well. Now, the organization purists out there are going to hate me for this next suggestion, but honest to goodness, I do suggest it and I've used it for my kids, but I'm talking about labels. What, when I have clients or friends that insist on labeling their kids' bins, I actually suggest that you just use the dry erase labels. Why? Well, from personal experience, I've gotten into those phases where I'm like, I'm going to make some super cute labels, and I've spent hours and hours and have done all the different labels. And guess what happens? The kids destroy them. Not just my kids, kids that come to our house, they destroy the labels. Um, Maybe if you have a home where you don't have a ton of kids, this might work for you. But honestly, um, labels are very, very time consuming and your kids stuff changes. Like think about it. At least once a year, they're getting a new set of toys or they're into a new thing. They go from being into dinosaurs into army men or whatever. Um, Are you really going to take the time if you have very detailed labels to redo those labels every time they have a birthday or it's Christmas? Not likely. So I do suggest they have the sticky um, dry erase labels that go on pretty much any bin. They're actually pretty easy to take off too. And I also encourage if you have school-aged children, let them write their own labels on this because my kids have their own way. Again, especially my keepers. They have a story that belongs to every item they own. And so they want things distinguished so they can write their own labels on the dry erase. And then it just saves you a lot of time and money and headache down the road if um, with these dry erase labels. So when other kids come over, you can just, and they've smeared it off, you can always rewrite it. Easy peasy, saves you a lot of time. Okay, another little note on your keepers. If you have keepers or if you're a keeper yourself, think of treasures like treasure boxes. This is actually something I learned from my oldest son. He's definitely a keeper. And what I learned over the years, we were a military family. So he was the one that moved with us every two years. And um, he could be a little bit of a hoarder. He still kind of is. But he loved his little treasures. And so what we learned over the years is that we just had a small container where he could collect his treasures. And once in a while, I would go through those and try to get rid of stuff. Um, And if he couldn't still tell me the story or where it came from or where it belonged, I would then remind him, hey, it's not anything special anymore. If you can't remember where you got this or what it is or why you've kept it, it's time to let it go. But as long as he could, I did allow him to have a treasure box and um, that was something that was really important to him all the way through to high, to high school before he joined the military. Um, but when it comes to treasures, you need to be discerning. If everything is important, nothing is important. And you've got to apply this 
when it comes to the stuff in your homes. So it's important to either, if you can, put a name or a date on an item. Um, Remember that things do deteriorate over time. So if there's something like with glue or it's like an arts and craft thing, you may want to actually consider photographing it um, or doing something different with it. Because I will tell you, over time, those little tiny projects that those little hands made back in preschool, when they're a grown man marrying, getting married in the fall, you look back at those things and those things have completely deteriorated over the years. You, you, the macaroni has fallen off. So it's important to try to be mindful of that when you're keeping items. Um, again, you may want to consider like doing some photographs and actually making and compiling a book. This is something that I know it's actually very popular out there. And then it's always fun because you can put a caption in the book and say, this is something that this child made on this date. And you can even share a little story. Like, what did they tell you when they brought it home? Or why did it mean something to you? So another thing to remember when when it comes to uh, decluttering kids' stuff is that we as parents sometimes keep way too much. And now I'm going to get into just a little bit of the tough stuff. First, kids, when they grow up to be adults, don't want as much stuff as we think that they do. So I know sometimes we'll go through and we'll be very, very um, conscientious about what we keep um, and that we're going to share it to them. But I've even noticed with my oldest, who is a keeper, when I do give him stuff that I've kept as an adult, it doesn't really matter as much to him as it does to me. And so I, it's just something that you want to be very conscientious about. Um, really, I think it's important if you keep just a few sentimental items to pass along, for instance, like some favorite childhood books. And so when they get married, have children of their own, that's something that's a very special to pass along. But don't keep every single book. Maybe it's just that favorite book that you had to read, you know, four or five times before bedtime when they were four years old. That might be something that's special. But you certainly don't have to keep every Lego or every doll or, you know, a lot of these toys. And also they do lose value, especially if they've been played with over the years. So I've also worked with a lot of folks who are on the other end of the spectrum. And these are the folks that are really focusing on downsizing. And a lot of them are parents with adult children and grandchildren. And this is something that's actually common in the professional organizing world to really help people downsize. And when it comes to their children's stuff, this is where a lot of them get really stuck. And as professional organizers, it's our job to help them work through it. But again, um, kids don't want to deal with a lot of stuff. I mean, think about it. We all collect a lot of stuff in our own lives. And in order to take on another person's stuff, it's a, it's a big deal. And sometimes it can cause a lot of disharmony in families. So if you're an older parent, or if you're going to be an older parent down the road at some point, 
It's just something I want you to be very conscientious of. Generally speaking, when you're gone and your children have to go through your stuff, it's a very difficult time for them. So the more that you can focus on um, downsizing and um, deciding who gets what, again, the little treasure boxes is something that's very sweet to do, the easier it's going to be for when it's time for your children to go through your stuff. So again, this is kind of a full circle moment where we started at parents dealing with kids stuff and we go through the entire cycle to kids dealing with their parents stuff. Um, This is something that I might in a future episode get into a little bit deeper, but it's just again, I know it's not something that everyone wants to hear or think about, but it is a reality of life and just something that I want you all to be conscientious of. So whether you're at one end of the spectrum or the other, just remember that whether you're a keeper or you're a giveawayer, you want to make it easy on your loved ones, consider treasure boxes or special containers to hand things down or keep them for people in your life. Photographing items is wonderful. And generally speaking, you just don't want to give someone a bunch of stuff when they're an adult because it, it's just really difficult for them to go through. What you end up doing in some cases is just giving them a bunch of clutter that they really have difficulty dealing with. Okay, moving on to our next topic, teaching kids the importance of decluttering. Okay, First and foremost, I'm a big believer in children should have chores. Throughout the years, my husband and I both have very busy careers. We have hired people to come help us with cleaning the house from time to time. Sometimes we've had someone that comes once a week, um, sometimes once a month, whatever. But we always remind our kids that this person that comes to help is helping us, not them. They still have chores. And in fact... If their room is messy and destroyed, we've actually told the person coming to help us clean, don't go into their room. They didn't get it prepared for you, so do not bother with it. Also, my kids have chores and they always still whine about it and, and such, but it's a good habit to set them up for the rest of their life. The easiest way to implement a chore for your kids and just to get everyone involved, all hands on deck, is with a 20-minute tidy. I have a free download on my website. It's just a cute little printable that you can um, print out, tape inside of a cabinet, and tell everyone, okay, it's 20-minute tidy time. And what's a 20-minute tidy? It's simply turn on a timer for 20 minutes and tell everybody that they have to run around and pick up stuff and put stuff away for the next 20 minutes. I usually do it after dinner time and we incorporate it with cleaning the kitchen. So it's again, all all hands on deck where we clean the kitchen, put stuff away, deal with the paperwork. Paperwork goes in the drop zones. Again, every item in your home should have a place where it belongs. So this is what makes a 20 minute tidy effective because everyone in your home knows where stuff goes. 
If you don't, then you need to back up. You need to focus on decluttering and then creating an item for every item in your home. Go back to two episodes if you want a little bit more info on how to do that. But another tip as far as decluttering with kids for my clients and my followers, I will teach you about the 12-month declutter plan. Well, for kids, we can make it a little bit more simple. I suggest that you do decluttering two times a year with your kids, Um, once before their birthday and once before another big holiday, usually Christmas or whatever your family celebrates. But basically, children's spaces should be gone through twice a year. And kids grow fast and their interests change, their clothing size changes. So it's just a good time before birthday or Christmas to go through and do a big purge. If your child's birthday is right around Christmas, then pick another date throughout the year to do this. You can do it versus, or excuse me, um, spring versus fall or summer versus winter. Whatever it is, go through and declutter your kid's space twice a year. You can certainly do it more if you are disciplined and you have super willing kids. I don't. So this is again, something that has worked for me throughout the years. Okay. Lastly, under decluttering, I want you to get your kids to be passionate advocates for whatever charity or good cause your family is passionate about and teach them that if they declutter their stuff, it's going to a someone that can use it and for a greater purpose. Um, sometimes the keepers, they need a purpose. My daughter could care less who I give her stuff away to. But with both of my boys, they both have beautiful hearts. Not saying that my daughter doesn't, but they really do. It really does matter to my boys who are keepers who's going to get their stuff and who gets to use their stuff. So even if I have to embellish a story a little bit, I do. But I feel like for the most part, again, working with clients over the years, every family has like a a cause or a charity or something that really matters to them. A few examples would be charities that help children and teens, um, maybe an animal foundation, Environment, so you can talk about recycling and repurposing a lot of the stuff in your home. Schools, libraries, and churches are always in need for different things. Hospitals and different places that um, help our elderly folks as well. So whatever your touches your kids' hearts or is a passion for your family help them realize that if they give away their stuff, who it's going to help. Um, for instance, I know, so if, if your kids are donating their toys or getting rid of their toys, how's that going to help an animal charity? Well, maybe they sell some of their toys and they give the money to the animal charity. But I really do believe that kids in general have too much stuff. And if we give them a purpose on getting rid of their stuff, it's definitely something that, again, will set them up for a great habit later in life. All right, so the final area we're going to cover is stuff versus experience. And like I just said, I feel like 
not just us, but kids especially, have too much stuff. Like I told you earlier in this episode, I was one of those kids that didn't grow up with a lot of stuff. My parents just didn't have a lot of money. And so my brother and I, who were two years apart, a lot of our toys were shared toys. We just didn't have a lot. And I remember as a kid going to family members' homes or friends' homes where the kids had a ton of toys. And I remember like thinking, how do these kids play with all of these toys? I'm going to age myself here, but I grew up in the Cabbage Patch era. And I remember I got one Cabbage Patch doll as a kid. And I remember I got it from my grandmother. And it was very special to me. And then I remember going to the homes of friends who had like I don't know, like 25 Cabbage Patch dolls. And I thought, how on earth do you play with all of these? Well, the same thing I have found goes through my head when I've worked with clients over the years. I've gone to the homes of many, many clients who I've helped their children get organized. And I've thought the same thing. I've thought the same thing about my own kids. When kids have too much stuff, they cannot play with it all. And I know you're going to look at your kid's playroom or their bedroom and you're going to see crap all over the floor and be like, oh, right, they don't play with it. I promise you they don't. It's not possible to. So if you really observe your kids, you'll notice that they play with very certain items. Um, So that's where you kind of want to take a note from them and where you should focus on where to declutter. So kind of let them know, um, hey, if you're not playing with this, let's consider giving it away to a wonderful organization that helps people or helps animals or helps the environment. Um, And another thing that you can do with your kids if you find that they're not is challenge them a little bit. So it's a technique that I use for even my adult clients, and it's a use by date technique. So you just put a piece of tape or sticker on an item and say, if you play with this by this date, you get to keep it. But if this date comes and you haven't taken the sticker off, that means that you played with it, then we're going to really, really talk about whether you need this or want this item. So two techniques that you can kind of um, help your kids to discern whether they really play with the items or not. Some people in my family think this is kind of a harsh thing, but I will with my own kids, I don't buy them presents on their birthday. For my kids, they get either a party or they get an experience. So um, parties are expensive. And people, when we invite people to our kids' birthday parties, our very generous friends and family bring my children wonderful gifts. So they do have gifts to open, But I'm the one who's paying for the party, paying for the food, the decoration, the entertainment, whatever it is that we decide to do. And so that's my my gift to my child. Um, Or if we decide we're not doing a party that year, maybe we'll do an experience. An experience can be taking their friends to go see a movie or laser tag. One year we did Chuck E. Cheese and my gosh, um, Chuck E. Cheese was more expensive (laughs) than any party I've ever thrown. I was kind of shocked by it. But um, anyway, they get a party or an experience for their birthdays. And this really does kind of help cut down on the toys and all this stuff that I feel like, you know, I'm obligated to buy them for those um, special occasions. And I will say that when you do 
give your children the gift of experiences, it is a wonderful, wonderful thing because they always remember that one-time story. Hey, mom, do you remember that one time when? And as a parent and as a parent of older children, I have to say it's absolutely music to my ears to hear that because it just reinforces that they had a good childhood. And even though, you know, we've gone through a lot as a family together, they have wonderful experiences. And those memories and those feelings and those experiences are something that they can carry through the rest of their life. And it's something that they can pass down to their own children. And those experiences, those non-tangible items are definitely something that last a lot longer than like a teddy bear or some toys or whatever other stuff that that your kids have in their life. So ultimately, as parents, we just want to set our kids up for good habits throughout life and remembering what's important. And it's certainly not the stuff in your life. So I hope I've inspired you to get in there into your kid's room. I hope I inspired you to kind of look at things a little bit differently, not feel so guilty about things because you know what? Parenting is tough no matter where you are on the parenting spectrum. If you have any more questions about decluttering with kids or getting organized, I'm always available and I love your feedback. One Organized Mama on Instagram and Facebook or oneorganizedmama at gmail.com. I love getting your guys' questions. Thank you so much for listening to the One Organized Mama podcast. Again, my name is Janelle. Share this episode with somebody to inspire them. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again, guys. (music) Thank you.